It is Friday night, and the mood is right. Wanna have some fun, show how it's done. TGIF. Welcome to week number 197 of the Two Guys in the Fridays podcast. My name is Steven, and that over there is Travis. What up, Steve? Not a whole lot. Uh, great week at Awesome Con. Uh, yeah. Great turnout. Uh, we did our dad right. bracket like we were talking about, and uh, we will have that episode up a little later, so if you're interested in who wins, uh, you'll have to wait till it comes out. Yeah, it'll be a couple weeks, sometime towards the end of the summer, but thanks to everybody for coming out. It was a great crowd, and it's good to see the same faces. It means that people might like us. Yeah, and they've already announced uh, March next year is going to be uh, Awesome Con. Galaxy Con is also going to run March in 2024, so we'll have back-to-back weeks of cons next year. Busy, busy. Yep. Uh, this week on the show, though, we've got a full four episodes to talk about. We've got a brand new home free, and then we're catching up on Hanging with Mr. Cooper and Dinosaurs. But before that, let's get a few things out of the way. Thank you to Philippe for the theme song. Thanks, Philippe. That was great. Appreciate it. TGIFcast at gmail.com if you want to send in your own theme song. At TGIFcast if you want to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And uh, yeah, we'd love you to do that. We would. Um, rate subscribe review or whatever yeah do all that stuff um so like we said uh the only new episode this week is home free when did that ex- actually air yeah so that would have aired friday june 25th 1993 all right so we do like to see what was going on in that in that week 30 years <laughs> ago uh so a few things happened uh one i'm gonna start off with this story but i will say the biggest story of 1993 happened this week. Okay. You often, you say that and it ends up being like Carmen Electra broke up with Dennis Rodman or or that was pretty big. that. That was pretty big, but, uh, we'll, we'll save that for the last story this week. We'll start off with June 20th, 1993. The Chicago bulls became the, uh, First team in like 40 years, 30 something years to, uh, okay. to, to three Pete back to back to back championships. Nice. Uh, they did it defeating the Phoenix suns in six games, Michael Jordan, third straight year as MVP. And, uh, this has only been done five times in history. Do you think you can name, uh, either of the other two teams? So has it happened since then, or is it just happened one time since then? So, so five times in total, the bulls did it twice in the nineties. Um, there's t- technically two other teams. They, they One team moves cities. I'll give you that. Okay. That helps. I know a couple teams that move cities, but I'm guessing. So my guess is the Lakers when they were in Minnesota and then when they were in Los Angeles. Yep. So the Lakers did it in the 50s. They Perfect. did it again, 2000, 2001, and 2002. And then the other team did it before the Bulls, uh, 50s, 60s. Oh, that lot. Uh, Celtics. Yeah, Celtics, you got it right. And right. what's even more impressive is they didn't just three-peat the Boston Celtics. They won eight in a row. Eight in a row? 59 that's to a, 66, that, they won eight in a row. That's a dynasty. I don't care what anybody says. That's a dynasty. Yep. So we got that story. Uh, also, I'm saving the other one. Uh, June 25th, Letterman did his last show on, I guess that was NBC before he went over to CBS. So that was June okay. 25th. And then the big one. Uh, June 23rd, 1993, the date we will always remember as John Bobbitt got his little wee-wee cut off. Little wee-wee, poor guy. Cut off, thrown out in the yard, uh, parody songs all over the place. I think we were singing about it at, uh, at the YMCA the next year, but (laughs) that happened. Oh, poor guy. Poor guy. Yeah. 
And they found it, right? I think, yeah. Did they find it and sew it back on? Yeah, oh, they must have because I think he went on to have a career as a uh, porn star, an or adult something? actor for a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. Haven't seen that one. Good for him. Um, that's all I got for news. What about movies, music? What do we got? Number one. <sighs> Not a whole lot. Well, no, no changes. Uh, that's the way love goes. Janet Jackson is still up in there. And then Jurassic Park week two, still number one. It did break Batman's all time record for the highest oh. second grossing weekend of all time with thirty eight point four million dollars. You said that was Jurassic the highest Park. second week ever. Highest second weekend of all cool. time at the time. OK, yeah, sure. At the time. Um, and then we do have a couple birthdays. So okay. Saturday June 17th, Mr. Marklin Baker. So Larry from Perfect Strangers, Happy of course. Happy birthday, Larry. And then uh, the puppeteer for Earl on on um, uh, dinosaurs, dinosaurs, Bill Beretta, Monday, June 19th. So happy birthday, Bill. Okay, so we got a full week to get through. We got all these episodes. We're starting off. We're catching up with some hanging with Mr. Cooper. This is the second part of the Warriors episode that aired last week. Warriors. So season one, episode seven, Warriors part two. Uh, we start off, we do get a Mark Curry intro. Uh, he's in the Warriors gear. He's giving the audience a little recap of what happened last week on the show, since it is a two-part episode. And he just keeps replaying his dunk from the uh, from the like montage over the, and over The trial montage, yeah. He's just like, I'm just going to sit here and watch this. You go, you guys go watch the show. Yep, so he keeps watching that, and we watch it as well. Uh, then we get to the actual show theme song. We come back to Vanessa and Robin. They're congratulating Coop. Uh, Coop quickly calls his dad to tell him that he made the team. It's like a one-second call. He's like, Dad, I made the team. Thanks, bye. He doesn't even say that. He says, I'm a warrior, click. That's literally all he says. <laughs> uh, and then we kind of are reminded that he's got a decision to make. Well, and Vanessa, or, yeah, Vanessa is like, oh, and, and, and won't, you know, I'm sure you'll hold the job for you so you have something to fall back on if it doesn't work out for you. And that's what you, him and Robin tell tell her that that Ricketts will not hold the job for him. Yeah. So if he goes to the team, coach Ricketts is not going to have a job for him. And, uh, I think Coop goes like off to go practice some basketball or something like that. And then we see Robin go and call coach Ricketts. Cause she's going to do what she can to try to save him his job. Yes. Yep. She's going to help him out. So we don't hear the call, but we do come back the, um, at the school, uh, coach Ricketts, gym class specifically, and he's uh, doing some, like, weapons training with the class. He's going to toughen them up, teach them some skills that he learned from the street and Nam, and hands out four weapons to, like, Andre and, like... He's got, like, kendo sticks and stuff. He's also like, putting on, like, that black war paint. He's getting ready. He's prepared. Yeah, he gives them all weapons. He's like, attack me. So he just wants everyone to start swinging. But before they do, Robin comes in to uh, come talk to the coach, like we knew from the scene before. She's trying to get Coach's job back, or Coop. She's trying to save Coop's job. That's what she's trying to do. She's trying to fill the gap so that they don't give it to somebody else. Yeah, and she comes up with a suggestion. While Mark's doing this 10-day thing, let me sub for him. If he doesn't make the Warriors, hold on to his job, please. I will be here. I'll make sure that you've got someone doing the class. And then if he doesn't make the team... He can then have his job back, please. And the coach is not really happy about well, he that idea. He doesn't think a woman can do the job. He doesn't think that she is capable, physically capable, until she puts her hand through the punching bag. The, the it's, I guess it's just a punching bag, right? To the punch. Yeah, like a heavy bag. bag. She literally like punches yeah. a foot That's into a it. And she doesn't punch a foot into it. She punches through it. I think her fist comes out the other side. Yeah, I don't even think that's physically possible, but. Uh, <laughs> Can't imagine, right? I mean, you got to punch through like 
like I don't know sand. what's in the center. Is it just sand? Is that all it is? I think it's mostly sand, right? Well, no one's punching through that. Um, no. The next scene, we are at the uh, Golden State Warriors arena. It's uh, Tim Hardaway. Is it Tim? No, which Hardaway is it? Tim. Tim. Who's the other one? Penny? Anthony. Penny. Anthony Hardaway. They're, yeah. Are they brothers? Tim and Penny? Yeah. I have no idea. I feel like they are. But anyways, Hardaway is like the prankster of the Golden State Warriors. He took uh, Coop's name off the security list, so he couldn't even get into the building. He's late to practice. And then we find out he's not in his jersey because Penny or whatever this Hardaway stole it. Tim. He stole, he stole the jersey. And he, did you say you mentioned he kept them off the security yeah, list too, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he, he thinks it's hilarious. I don't know if anyone else does. But uh, then we go into a little practice montage of all the Warriors, including Coop, playing some basketball. Right. Uh, next scene is Robin subbing for Coop in this gym class. Uh, Isaac, of course, has a note to get out of class. And then uh, Coop shows up, and he's got uh, a bunch of gifts for everyone in the class. Just a note, they are not related. Not related? Oh, okay. Nope. Uh, Coop's got gifts for everyone. He doesn't even see Robin in there because she hides. She does not want him to know that uh, he that she's subbing for him. And uh, he starts handing out all these gifts, including, like, a pair of pants for Isaac that are, like, 400 sizes too big. And uh, Coach Ricketts comes out, wants to talk to Coop in his office. And ha as they're walking off, this is when he finally sees Robin, who has climbed to the top of, like, the gym school, high school rope. You know, the rope thing. And, like, yeah, she's all the way at the very top of the she entire must, I gym. I bet she should use uh, Steve's rocket back. Bet you that's how she got up there. It's a good idea. Yeah, I'm sure she did. Um, she could really climb it, but why not use the rocket pack just to make it faster? Yeah, so she's at the top, and uh, he's like, what are you doing up there, Robin? And, like, everyone's covering for her. Like, they don't want to see... Uh, well, she's like, well, I came to see if the guys wanted to be part of the Christmas pageant, and they told me that they would only do it if I could climb to the top of the rope, and all the boys, like, start singing, and then Ricketts is like, and I'm going to be the lead soloist, and Robin's like, okay. Yeah, so they they want Coop to have his job, and they want Robin to sub for it. like whatever they got to do. They they want this to happen. Um, the next scene is Robin and Vanessa. They're now watching the first game of Coop uh, playing on the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, Tornologists. I mean, I guess it's the first game. They make a big deal about it. Yeah, it's the first game. They see him. Uh, they see him gets get called into the game. Coach Nelson lets him in, gives him his assignment, which is guarding Charles Barkley. Out of all the people, Charles Barkley. He's probably, I would say, like, at that time, he would probably be the toughest person to guard, like, in the NBA. Like, just because of how, like, aggressive he plays. Well, and he was also, it, like, became a thing for him to be aggressive. You know what I mean? Like, A, he's aggressive, but then you, like, you feed that and it becomes even more aggressive. Yeah. So, they, so they show, like, a few different plays. Uh, he's missing some shots. And then the big one is him just straight up getting dunked on by Charles Barkley. Coop falls to the floor, and Charles Barkley goes right up to Coop's face, straight into the camera. Welcome to the NBA. It's like a first-person view of just Charles Barkley in your face. Yeah, so the game obviously did not go very well. We go to the next scene with uh, Robin and Denise from Full House once again. She's just hanging out doing some piano She's lessons. Double time in it, Denise. Yeah, and they're talking about Mark at this point, like Denise and uh, Robin. And Denise kind of mentions how her dad uh, says that Mark was choking in the game, and she kind of like puts her hands on her throat, like choking yeah. motion. Um, Vanessa comes in. Um, she's trying to uh, practice 
what to tell Mark at this point. Like, uh, they are trying to just come up with something, like, maybe nice or encouraging to say. Uh, because they, they better. Yeah, because they know how bad this game went. Yeah. So, uh, Mark gets home at this point, too. Obviously, a little bummed. Um, he goes off to his room right after Denise tells him that, uh, her dad thinks that he choked. Like, I don't remember exactly how she said it, but, uh, she goes back to practice in the piano. She messes up. Coop runs, runs out real fast and is like, does the choking motion to Denise <laughs> to a little five-year-old kid or however old she is. And like, uh, I think she's like seven, maybe she's seven. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure that made her feel real good. Yeah. You know, build that, build that confidence. So the next day, um, Coop turns on the TV. There's... Wakes up. He wakes up early in the morning. Wakes up, goes watch TV. And that Barkley kip clip is getting played everywhere. It's uh... well, they've like redone the intro to Sports Center, and it's now got that clip as part of the intro. It's on Sports Center. It's on the local news. Then he starts changing it to like random channels, and he's still like on. Well, there's all like these... a Barkley commercial that comes on where he's talking about the dunk. Yeah, and I think it was that was based on a, com- a Barkley commercial from the night. I can't remember who what, what it was for, but it was based on a commercial from the '90s. Yeah, so Barkley's everywhere, um, and then it starts to get real weird, like. Uh, He's just uh, like I think the doorbell rings and Vanessa's tennis date shows up and the tennis date is Charles Barkley. Right. Um, does he Robin the- calls Robin calls him in the kitchen for breakfast and there's a there's a plumber working on the 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 stink and he thinks it's Charles Barkley. It's not Charles Barkley, but then they sit, he sits down to eat his oatmeal and Charles Barkley's face is staring up at him from the oatmeal. At which point. we see Vanessa like waking him up like this is a dream she's waking him up but as he starts to wake up out of the dream she turns into Charles Barkley it's just a continuation of the entire dream yeah so Barkley's everywhere in his dreams Um, we go the next day with uh, Robin reading a book on karate so she's got some info to uh, tell her gym class and then Coop gets home Uh, he admits he did not have a good practice things are not going great the doorbell rings uh, Andre's there and he's returning. I think, well, I think what happens is like after Coop's like, oh, I'm not having a good practice. I'm going to go outside and like practice some basketball or something like that. So he goes out of the, out of the room, doorbell rings, Andre shows up and he's returning the key that, uh, Robin gave him because I guess she's, since she's, uh, coaching Jim, she has this key to the gym and let him stay a little late to like do some workouts or something like that. I'm glad you caught that because I was getting kind of tired of these kids just showing up for no reason, but at least he had like an excuse to come by the house. Yeah. So while Andre's still there, Coop comes out. Uh, he's wondering why Andre's there and they're still trying to hide the whole thing with Robin subbing. Like he doesn't even know about what's going on yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Andre leaves and then Coop has a little bit of a discussion uh, with Vanessa and Robin just talking about how he doesn't want to upset the kids. Like he doesn't want to fail and let the kids down. Right. So uh, Vanessa and Robin try to tell him, you got to stop thinking about that last game. I mean, that's not going to work. You got to start thinking about like future games and what you're going to do to get better. And it seems like that's kind of a little bit encouragement that uh, Coop might have needed. Yeah. And I think they like push him to like talk to the coach, tell him you want to get back in, get a second chance. And, and Robin's like, I'll make cookies for him. You can take him cookies and he'll he'll he'll, you know, butter him up. Yeah, and that's the next scene, a real quick scene uh, backstage at the basketball arena. Uh, Coop's got the cookies. He goes up to Coach Nelson, and Coach, ne- Coach Nelson kind of tells him, Coop, I'm going to try to get you in the game, and then uh, gives him the cookies. Yeah, he's working on it. So then we've got, uh, we're at the next game now. Uh, Vanessa and Robin are watching it on TV. Uh, Mark has the uh, Barkley assignment again. For some reason, they're playing the Suns again. Like, 
a couple days later. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Is that like a thing that maybe happens in the preseason where they just play the same team a couple times and Not practice or I know of, but okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. But, I went uh, to one like exhibition game when I was a kid and but I, I don't know if they were playing multiple or not. Yeah, so the big thing with this scene though is uh Coop gets the ball for the final shot of the game, makes it, and the Warriors win. The crowd's going Winning crazy. Shots. They're all chanting Coop, and uh, this makes it seem like maybe Mark is going to make it on the team. Yeah, good, good job, Mark. So we see Coop get home. Uh, Robin and Vanessa are definitely convinced that he made the team after this. They've made a banner for him, telling him congratulations on being a warrior. They have snacks and like a little party set up, and uh, the first thing that Coop tells them is he's been cut. He did not make the team. But he gives the reason to, which is exactly what you said last week. Whereas there was somebody who was injured and that person is now healed, ready to come off the injured list. And so they just need to make room on the roster. And Mark, unfortunately, is only there to fill the gap. So, yeah. And Mark's trying to, like, look at things positively, like, oh, it's a good experience. Like, I can't say I'm so glad I'll be able to say that even I did this, even if it only lasted 10 days. And uh, he is bummed out, though, at the same time, because now not only has he been cut, he also knows that he does not have that teaching job anymore. Yeah, that's that's the tough part for him. Yeah, but Vanessa uh, reveals the secret that Robin has been subbing for him this whole time. And then Coop is like a little bit mad that uh, she didn't believe in him, that he was going to make the team in the first place. But he's like, I'm just kidding. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing that for me. <laughs> yeah, he gets over that real quick. Yeah. So we go back to the school. Uh, Coop is talking to Coach Ricketts before class starts. He's like, oh, I don't know what to tell the kids. I just really don't want to let them down. And they kind of go into the gym. And the kids are so proud of him. They're so glad he's back. And they even have uh, hung his jersey up on the wall commemorating, I guess, his career. Yeah, I think it's like the high school jersey they've, they've put up there. Yep. Good for him. Yeah, and that's the end of the episode. We do get a credit scene. Uh, this time, Mark Curry, not Mark Cooper, is um, talking about getting dunked on, how it was just part of the script. It would never happen in real life. And as he's talking to the audience, Charles Barkley shows up from behind him, challenges him to a real game outside, and uh, you just kind of we, – we go out. You don't see him, but you just hear Coop in pain, like, screaming screaming i do want to make one note about this episode these two episodes really like the warriors one and two is so evidently all the practice scenes were shot at whatever the name of the coliseum or, or arena is in in oakland but the the actual game footage was shot at uc berkeley because evidently kevin johnson was uh they were retiring his number at berkeley oh. and so they played the games at the uc berkeley gym and um, supposedly all the actual gameplay scenes were not scripted. They actually put Mark Curry into play during the real exhibition game, preseason game. Oh, okay. And that, that that's just him playing. But I don't know. I'm not quite sure if he would still stack up make to Barkley. The, uh, make the winning yeah. shot. <laughs> that that, that, yeah, well, that, that I got to think is scripted because they needed that for the story. But the rest of the, the, the gameplay stuff is, is definitely just him playing basketball. All right, so next we watched uh, Hanging with Mr. Cooper Season 1, Episode 8. This is the next one in order. It's called Torn Between Two Teachers, and it starts off, what do you know? Denise from Full House is back. She's playing the piano. Uh, Coop comes in, sits next to her, starts just smashing around the keys, playing, having fun. And uh, she, he's like, you got to stretch if you're going to play piano. And then he like flips her upside down, starts shaking he's her. He's just having fun with her. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the intro for that. So after that, after the theme song, we've got Robin. Uh, she's given Denise her piano homework. Vanessa comes in. 
she tells like a joke to uh coop and robin or coop and uh yeah and robin who Mm -hmm. do not laugh at all they don't think it's funny but we find out because it's uh, not funny it's not funny vanessa is um attending a uh, a company roast where every year people make fun of the boss and somehow this is leaded to uh one of her co-workers getting a promotion last year because his jokes went over so well. I mean, this is just a horrible idea. Like, just <laughs> making fun of your boss and thinking that it's going to be okay. Horrible yeah. idea. So, Andre at this point comes over to study uh, with Coop and, and and check out Vanessa. And check out Vanessa, yes. Yeah. And uh, Robin starts playing the piano. Andre, though, kind of has some interest in the piano. She go, He goes over, sits next to her on the bench, and then he starts playing, and he's really good. Yeah, he's got an ear. He can just listen to a song and, and play it right away. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, and that's what he tells uh, Vanessa, Robin. Now you're doing it to me, getting him mixed up. <laughs> Robin, Robin. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I've never taken any lessons. I just kind of listen to the songs, and then I can play them. And she's amazed by this talent, amazed by his playing. And she says that uh, she wants to kind of... Uh, take him under her wing and teach him a little bit. Like she thinks that she can make him even better. Yeah. She I mean, this is a, he's a natural talent and she wants to nurture it. Yeah. She's like, come with me uh, to the music room whenever you have chance after school. And uh, Coop kind of jumps in at this point too. And he's like, Oh no, he's too busy. He can't do that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it leads to other stuff, but yeah, Coop's like, I don't, he doesn't have time for this. So the next scene's in the music room. Andre is just crushing the Peanuts theme song. And uh, what she, what, what's going on is uh, Robin She's got is, him like, playing for the principal. Yeah, like, Robin's to, showing show him how good he is. how good he is to the principal. And this is where the principal agrees to let Andre perform in the music recital that they've got coming up. Right. And uh, Coop comes in at this point, finds Andre... And uh, he's a little upset that Andre is not at uh, at basketball practice and instead in this music room playing the piano. Yeah, because that's like, obviously, he's a basketball coach. That's what he wants him to do. Yep. So we go to the gym. Uh, the gym students are jumping over, like, the pummel horse, like, in gymnastics or whatever. Class yeah. ends. Coach Ricketts uh, comes in. He's all upset because um, Andre's playing this uh, this recital, and it's the same day as the uh, big basketball game this Friday. Oh, oh yeah, that's the big thing. Is that it's it's on the exact same night. Yeah. So obviously we've got a little bit of a dilemma here. We go back to the house where Andre is once again playing the piano for Robin, um, and she kind of tells him that she wants him to put like some more emotion in it to uh, put himself into the song. Like that's all he really needs to do. He's playing it perfectly. Now he just needs this to make it one step up. Just listening. Move his head. His upper body would be fine. Uh, Coop comes home and Coop uh, takes Robin to the side to talk to her and real quickly just tells her, hey, he can't play back. He can't uh, do music. He's got to do basketball. Yep. And Robin's like, no, he needs to quit basketball. And that's what he's going to do. Yeah. And then uh, the two of them are arguing. Vanessa comes down. Um, she still doesn't have any jokes for this uh, roast that's going on. And they argue about what he's going to give up. Like, obviously, Robin's like, oh, he's going to give up music. And he's like, no way. He's going to, well, the other way around. He's going to give up basketball. He's going to give up music. And they're arguing back and forth. And this is where we get our diss of the week as well. All right, you Quissy Jones wannabe. So after that, um, <laughs> Vanessa suggests that why don't they go ask Andre what he wants? 
Yeah, because no one's talked to him at all about any of this, so he has no clue. Yeah, and uh, what does Andre tell him here? That, that he wants to he wants to do the recital or? I think I think at first he's like I want to I want to play piano he, he's really torn I don't think he really knows but Vanessa's like why don't you do this why don't you play the why don't we have your first recital and see how it goes and then make your decision because at this point he hasn't even done that yet yeah and that's where we go next we're at the recital um Coop is trying to speed things up because he knows this basketball game is like minutes away so he's like trying to get everyone to play quicker he's like bribing like Isaac I think and then at some point he even like goes and gets uh, Andre to change into his basketball gear to make it go even faster. Yeah, yeah, he has him like change in the back of the room into his basketball gear while like to perform his piano. Recital. It was quick too. It was like one of those magic tricks where like they can change people's clothes with like. It know. was, yeah, it was like a quick change. It was a quick change. Yep. So he's in his basketball gear. It's his turn to play. He's up there playing in his jersey and shorts and everything. And of course, he gets a standing ovation from the crowd. Nails it. But, and then runs off to go play in the basketball game. Yep. So it has a great game. Yeah, it we go. Great game. We go right from the from that scene to after the game. Andre uh, had a great game, but all he can talk about was this music recital, and he wants to do both. He wants to play music and he wants to play basketball. Yeah, and 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 Coop is like like kind of has this come to Jesus moment where he he's like, all right, I'll I'll. I'll go talk to Ricketts and I'll make, I'll make sure that we get, we make this happen for you. Yeah. So that's where he's going now. He's like going up to Ricketts and he's trying to like defend this whole situation that he can do both. I think at this point he is, but in a very, in a very like telling him off aggressive kind of way. Yeah. But apparently uh, coach Ricketts already knows Andre came and told him (laughs) that that's what he's going to do. And uh, well, what happens is, is so they're having like, like, Coop does this whole like speech to Ricketts and then Andre walks in behind him and says, thanks coach. I appreciate you letting me stay on the team. And then Ricketts is like, he already told me. I told him it's fine. Yep. So he's going to do both. looks like it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, back of the house. We've got Coop and Vanessa getting home. Uh, Coop and Robin still aren't really talking to each other. And Vanessa tries to uh, like talk them through it to mediate this whole thing. But of course they're both passionate about their own crafts. Uh, Robin wants him to do music. Coop wants him to do basketball. And eventually Vanessa is able to get the two of them to apologize to each other. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she brings them around. She brings them around. Yeah. And then um, a real weird mention here that doesn't make a whole lot of sense where Coop tells uh, Robin. That this is a weird scene. He's like, hey, you know, uh, me and a whole bunch of kids saw you naked when you were six years old running through that sprinkler in the backyard. She's like, what? Like, yeah, we're all watching from the shed. And then, like, doesn't she say something about seeing him naked when he was a guy? I think he mentions it first, and then, and or she mentions it first. No, he he mentions it first, and then I think she says something back to him. It's a weird, it's a really uncomfortable scene. A weird way to wrap it up. Yep, that's the end of the episode right there. We do get a credit scene. We're we're out at that uh, work roast with uh, Vanessa, and Vanessa is trying to tell some jokes. But of course, they're still horrible. No one's laughing. Fails. We hear crickets. I don't think this is going to be her lead to her promotion. No, this isn't. The, this is not the way. Um. So that's it for Cooper this week. We do. Uh. We did say we were going to watch some dinosaurs, so we did that. Season three, episode twenty-one. Charlene and her amazing humans is the name of this episode, and it starts off. We've got baby. We've got grandma, and they're playing some poker right in the middle of the living room. And baby's crushing it. 
Baby is crushing it. Starts even like using terms that like only a seasoned poker player would know. Uh, Charlene comes in while they're playing poker and she's trying to like tell everyone some news that she has, but she keeps getting interrupted by like the poker and Robbie and like she can't get it out. Well, yeah, no one cares. She's, she's trying to say something about a talent show and no one cares what she's saying. Robbie comes in and they immediately start listening to him. He wrote an essay that won first place and his grand prize was a stake and everybody is thrilled for Robbie and has no clue what that. What yeah, the I mean, he on. wrote a thousand Charlene. words on meat. And, and won a stake. Good yeah. for him. Uh, What's Charlene done with her life? Nothing. Yeah, and so Charlene leaves and we next see uh, like Charlene like in the swamp or in the woods or something. Her and her friend, I don't know her name. It's, it's Mindy. Mindy. Um, and it looks like Charlene's like starting to cry, but then we realize that it's not her crying. They hear crying coming from kind of far away and they follow the sounds to find a caveling, a little uh, child human that has been stuck in a trap. Yeah, he's called like a bear trap, which probably breaks his leg, but whatever. Yeah, so this is interesting. So theme song, we come back. Uh, they go up to this caveling and uh, release him from the trap. And as they do this, uh, more cavelings show up. And uh, it's weird. Well, it's two other, yeah, two little kids, yeah. You said cavelings, so that's kids. Um, they start to mimic Charlene. So like everything she's doing, they're copying her. And she kind of gets this realization that maybe this is what I need for my talent show act. Well, she's like telling them to go away. And so they, they're they like trying to shoo her as well because that's how the only way they know how to communicate with her. Yeah. And I mean, this is going to be like, what, like stupid human trick or stupid, like stupid pet tricks kind of thing that you see on like late night show or like the yeah, circus. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. sure Anything sure. with like using animals to like do stuff kind of like. Yes. So we go right to the talent show. We don't waste any time. Um, no time. Spike has just finished his talent of hot wiring cars. Robbie goes up and sings a love song and gets. Quick note. Unfortunately, this is the last episode of Spike. That's the last. Really? Appearance. It is. Yeah. That's interesting. I it is. Hmm. So Robbie goes up there. He's singing a love song for his talent, and like all well, it's the like dinosaurs, a folk song. It's like an environmental love song. Yeah, all the uh, dinosaurs in the audience are like throwing like <laughs> fruits and vegetables at him. With him. And then uh, Charlene's up next with her uh, her little cavelings, her little human children, and uh, she's getting them to do like little gymnastics routines, jumping through hoops, doing little somersaults, and the crowd loves it. Loves it. Goes wild. Yeah, this is the best thing they've ever seen. Charlene wins very easily. Her parents are now very proud of her. They want to know everything about that that she's doing because she's finally done something successful. And uh, Earl um, even declares Charlene as his new favorite child. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Uh, and then while they're backstage, like congratulating her, a, uh, a talent scout shows up. He's coming over and he is trying to recruit Charlene. He loves the act and he feels like he can take it to the big time. Yep. Hank Hillbear, played by Jeffrey Tambor, uh, comes to try to get some, make, make some money here. Yeah. We go back to the house where this, uh, what'd you say his name was? Hank Hillbear. Hank Hillbear is uh, talking to the family. He thinks that she's good enough, that this act is good enough for the state fair, big times. And, Which uh, is like right around the corner. And she's like, but I wanted to let them rest. I want to give them a break. And he's like, no, you got to go. You got to do it. Yeah, like uh, the fair's tomorrow, by the way. So like that's how much rest they're going to get is none. 
So she agrees. Yeah, it's, like, it's like a five minute act, whatever. She agrees. They're going to perform tomorrow. And that's where we go. It's the next day. Charlene is now uh, in the house. She's got like a brand new costume. She's really like taking this thing seriously. And she is ready for the fair. The cavelings, they're all in this like little cage, like this small box with bars on it. <laughs> in, in the middle of the den. In the middle of the den. They see out the uh, kitchen window. Um, what appears to be the mother of these cavelings is outside trying to get her children back. Yeah, she's like tapping on the window and Charlene's ignoring Robbie. Robbie's in there and he's like trying to be like, this is not right. We need to let them go. Yeah. And like uh, she's like, uh, like kind of in the middle for a second, but then ends up taking all the kids with her and yeah. going, going to perform at the uh, state fair. Yes. So a little later, um, we see a caveling in the den clinging to Earl, like climbing on Earl, like hugging in his lap. It's kind of I don't know. Earl kind of likes it, thinks it's cute. Um, and then uh, that scout dude again, he comes up uh, talking to Charlene and Charlene's a little upset because she only got second place at the state fair. She did not win yeah, as easily. Yeah, not get the, the reaction show. she wanted. Yep, they find out that um, there was a two-headed singing goat that won. So that was the reason why she lost. Makes sense. And uh, the talent agent, her manager, I guess you can call him now, he uh, suggests, well, you need to step up your game a little bit. We need fire hoops. Not just regular hoops, fire hoops, more thrills, more action. Light those things on fire, put some danger in your routine. And uh, you know what else you should do? You should uh, start starving these little cavelings because then if you give them a treat, they're going to be so hungry, they'll do anything for it. Sounds like a good plan. I, I can only imagine this is going to work well. Yeah, I'm going to try it and see if it does work. My dogs. You get it. Uh, your dog. I thought you were going to say your daughter, but okay. I was going to go with dogs first. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, a little later, the uh, cavelings are uh, in the kitchen. They want baby's food because Charlene is starving them. They have had nothing to eat. And uh, baby ends up giving them a banana, which they go crazy for. Robbie yep, comes in. Banana. Yeah, Robbie gives them a little plate of, like, cookies or something. And then Charlene comes in, and she's furious because this is totally against her plans. She needs to starve them to get them to do better tricks. And uh, now they're getting fed by her siblings. Yeah, she is not happy. Yeah, and of course, Robbie is taking the stance like, what you're doing is wrong. You cannot be starving these cavelings. I mean, they're, they have, I don't know, they're... You, they're you, living beings. They're, they're living they, beings. Yeah, you cannot yeah. do that. And uh, we go a little later to Charlene. Um, now she stepped it up. She's taking her act on TV now. So she's gone from the high school talent show on to uh, the state fair, and now she's on TV. And uh, yeah, they start big the, time. They start the act. Uh, they do the firing stunt that we heard about, and the crowd's not really impressed by it. They don't care, and she has to like coax the uh, the kid through the fire ring. But even then, the crowd is not having it. No interest. Yeah, I don't know if this is like maybe not the very next show she's done and they've already seen the fire act and now they want something newer because you would think the fire is a step up from the last time. But the crowd, either way, not impressed. Her manager suggests that she step it up and do the ladder trick. So they bring out this 50-foot ladder, which is so tall, it goes out the roof <laughs> of that the building. Funny. I like that. I like that. Uh, they've got the littlest caveling climbing up the ladder, and we see that uh, she's going to be jumping from the top of this ladder into this shallow, like, three-inch deep pool. It's ridiculous. 
Yeah, and of course, the caveling won't do it. The caveling's not even climbing, like, past the third rung of the ladder. Um, she tries to, like, bargain and beg with the caveling to do it. Uh, the manager comes back and is like, hey, try this, and hands her, like, a cattle prod to, like, t- start zapping the kids. <laughs> zapping the kids. Yeah, so Charlene can't do it, though. It's, this has gone too far. She can't torture these kids. Well, she was kind of torturing them already, but she can't she torture them torture. with pain. She's starving them. She um, then, I think she, what, speaks to the crowd and admits that everything she's doing is wrong, and then they start booing her. Right, right, right. And uh, the Cavelings, though, they forgive her. They all give her a giant hug. And uh, it looks like the career of Charlene's Caveling. Well, and she releases them back into the swamp at this point. Yeah, so that's the next scene. So she's going back, uh, returning them home, tells them that she's sorry for everything that she did. Robbie comes out, um, compliments what she's doing. Earl and Fran come out, and they say uh, they don't need her to be a success for them to give her their attention. That's what she wanted, and they say she doesn't need to go this far. Then the they, they do. She does. They won't. <laughs> they, they... Then at, the... least, at least Earl won't. Yeah, then the cave mom comes back. I think it's the cave mom. It was just a different gay person. It was hard to tell. I think it's the same same woman. Yeah, so she comes out um, to claim her children. And as she comes out there, um, she... Oh, no, 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 that is a different scene. So she takes the cave the cave children home. And Robbie tells her... Um, I think, was Robbie tell Charlene or the cave person? Something here. That she... I'm not sure. Yeah, she tells... Robbie tells Charlene that she did the right thing returning them. And uh, now they'll be safe and no one will be able to hurt them now. Yes, that's fair, yeah. Until the next scene where we see Charlene's manager talking to a cave <laughs> person, getting them to sign a contract, uh, going to sign over, their kids over. Yeah, going over the negotiations for uh, for the newest group. Ugh, and that's God. it. That's the end of the episode. No credit scene. I don't think either on this one. Nope, no credit scene. That was that was the episode. Uh, then we go to Home Free. This is uh, the one that actually aired this week. This is season one, episode ten. Nature of Things is the name of the episode, and it starts off, we've got Matt getting home to Vanessa. She's on the porch. Uh, the two of them are complaining about all kinds of stuff, though. Like Ab- They're bickering with each other, parking, and, and I don't even know. Making them late to, like, a date or something, not having yeah. to go, like, all kinds of stupid stuff. And uh, Abby comes out. She's looking for her Red Hot Chili Peppers t-shirt. We find out Matt used it to wax his car. They go inside. Lucas is eating crackers, peanut butter, and onions. It's a favorite snack. And uh, then Grace comes in, and she's complaining now that no one's putting things back where they go. And, like, everyone is just complaining in this episode. <laughs> she calls Vanessa. She's like, you're the real nightmare in all of this. Yeah, so Grace is complaining. Vanessa's complaining. Matt's complaining. Uh, Abby's complaining. I don't know if Lucas is really complaining. Uh, Lucas doesn't complain so much, but Grace Grace is also hands Matt the mail she opened a letter for him and it turns out that there was a short story he submitted that got rejected from esquire and it was supposed to be like kind of something that was not released to anybody and all the, the whole family like snuck yeah in and, and matt's it, matt's and, mad not only because she read his mail but also that they all read this story that he that she didn't yeah he didn't want anyone to read right so um then like the, i think there was another piece of mail too grace found finds out that uh the family cabin the caretaker died seven years ago and uh, no one's been keeping up with it. And now this place, something needs to happen to it. Well, they've keep, they've been sending checks anyways. They didn't, they didn't know. And his, his uh, wife was it? his wife in Jamaica has just been cashing the checks and they finally found out he's dead. Yeah. And this cabin sounds like, 
I don't know. Not maybe maybe not everyone really loves it at least now. Like Matt, he likes it. He wants this cabin. He wants to go see it, but like no one else is really that excited about it. I don't I think it's more of they just don't want to do that whole campaign. It's very this is very much the um getting by episode where oh kind of I shouldn't say very much but there's elements of that where this is like a cabin that has been neglect nobody wants to deal with it Matt but Matt's like let's all go and let's have a weekend and enjoy ourselves yeah and eventually they all agree they're all going to go check out this cabin and uh see what condition it's in after seven years yes so we go to the theme song we come back or actually we go to the theme song we go to a run of commercials real quick we've got commercials for Fisher's favorite nuts crest with baking soda and Uncle Ben's pasta Yes, yes. 90s classics. And uh, then we go back to the show where everyone's getting to the cabin. Uh, Vanessa is already ready to leave, like, as she gets there. Um, They hear a wolf, which freaks her out. And uh, then they all run inside because they don't like the idea of a wolf. I I do want to say real quick, this set, this is clearly shot outside. Like, they did not build a cabin in a... in a in a studio they might have built the cabin but all of this is shot outside which is i think pretty incredible for a show like this that is about to go off the air but they've got you know they've got big uh, i can't remember what they call but the cameras are like crane cameras you can tell these... that they're using different uh cameras this episode as yeah, soon as that and the lighting scene. is yeah they're, they're using like natural lighting for the most part until they get to the nighttime scenes and then they've got those lit like the, like the stars but they've got a waterfall and a lake i mean it is legit like this is a this is a set yeah for sure um so they all go inside after hearing the wolf and they start like uncovering furniture and there's like squirrels and stuff like running around like the place is not in great shape no it's it's a mess yeah um we then go back outside uh to matt and lucas fishing and matt tells lucas uh about this rock a little story that this rock is where uh me and your grandfather used to sit and uh it was just a place where we could bond and talk to each other yeah, well, he's like, we we could ask, I could ask questions and I'd get honest answers. And immediately Lucas asked about sex. And he's like, oh, the babies fall out of the sky. Yeah. And then uh, Abby and Vanessa, we see them get back and uh, Grace comes out and calls for uh, dinner time for everyone. They come back from an outhouse. The outhouse is filled with bats, got sung by a wasp. Abby, again, has done the, the TV trope where she's already got poison ivy from falling into a bush. So... So it's dinner time, um, and it looks real gross. It's like a squirrel casserole, or maybe squirrel. She didn't say that it was squirrel, but we she have the feeling that she it's implied. squirrel. So no one wants to eat this gross slop that's going on. Uh, Grace, of course, gets upset that no one wants to eat it, and uh, then they start thinking about uh, their father, like uh, Vanessa and Matt's father. And then they're really everyone's really having a miserable time, except for Matt. And and no one's got anything good to say. I mean, they're not they're not mean to the dad at all, but they're just like, I don't know what he saw in this place. Like everything is just awful. Uh, then someone's at the door, and it's Jerry Okins. Sam, is that his name? Jerry Sam, Elkins, but it's Sam, Sam from Sam Perfect Gor- Strangers. Sam Gorpley from Perfect Strangers. Yeah, and he's there because he represents some actress that wants to buy the cabin because she bought some other property higher up the mountain and needs the cabin for uh, like a security gate or something yeah he's gonna make it part of the complex he's on some like fake 90210 show yeah and uh matt of course does not want to sell this place well the women are really like let's sell it and then matt's like no this is what this is dad's place we can't do that yeah so that's the dilemma we have as we go into the second commercial break with uh weight watchers smart ones tv dinners dennis the menace movie trailer which i enjoyed uh pantene pro v Max Factor Lipstick, Tylenol Extra Strength, and uh, a commercial for the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Real quick, these, these Max Factor commercials were weird. 
Um, yeah, this we one, get another the one. And the later break, they're weird. But also, I like that both of the show, like the movie and the show in this commercial break, I know people that were in both of those things. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so next scene, uh, we've got Matt still upset uh, that they're selling the cabin. Grace says it's a done deal. We're selling it. There's nothing you can do. And then they uh, uncover this projector that they found. It's got all of uh, Dad's home movies, they say. And they start watching all of these clips. Um, I mean, you think it's going to change everybody's mind. You think they're going to have this big, big, like, sentimental moment. Yeah, but uh, Matt's still complaining about them selling, and Grace and Vanessa are still holding pretty strong that they're going to sell this place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, and so it just, like, everybody is not getting to where they need to be to be happy about this place. And the kids start complaining about being cold. Matt's like, I'll start a fire. I thought he was going to burn the place down. Um, and then they kind of get into this mood where everybody is like apologizing for being grumpy and being complainy. Uh, but then Matt like freaks out and just runs out of well, the cabin. because they're still like, we still want to sell the house. He's like, I thought I was on a roll. And he like Rawr. grabs a panel off the wall. He's got to throw it in the fire and he walks out of the house. Yeah. So it's nighttime now. Matt's on the porch. Uh, Vanessa joins him out on the porch. Grace comes out too. And they're all talking about uh, their dad, Vanessa's uh, dad and uh, Grace's husband, obviously. Husband. Mm-hmm. And, um, Grace realizes at this point that this cabin, it's got some special powers. This is where dad used to take them to settle all their problems. If they had problems at home, they would all get fixed if they went to the cabin. Yeah, yeah. If they were having all, like like what we see, you know, at home, they're all complaining. And, and now they're brought up there. They're forced to kind of deal with these issues, bring them out into light. And then they kind of all leave happy. Yep. And it seems like it is working again. The, the powers of the cabin are holding strong. It's morning now. Um, everyone's heading out of the cabin from a great weekend. And then uh, Jerry shows up again with the check, ready to buy this cabin from them. But what happens? Grace rips it up, tells them they're not selling. And uh, then we get a little line from Grace where she's like, I miss you, honey, but don't worry. We're okay. That's it. TGF promo for Step by Step next week. Yeah, commercials, uh, Cool Whip, Max Factor Part 2, Snow White's back in theaters. And uh, ABC in concert this week features Billy Idol, the Ramones, and television. And then, like you said, these ABC in concerts seemed like they were really awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Step by step promo, like you said, and then uh, credits and a final scene with um, watching more of those home movies on the projector. And uh, Matt's kind of like commentating over top of it. Yeah, his dad puts bunny ears on. He's like, "Dad, you didn't didn't miss an opportunity." Yep, that's it. That's our week for TGIF. What do we have coming up on the show next week? Do we want to rank them first? Yeah, let's rank them. Uh, right. I can tell you right now, that last show we watched was the worst. The Home Free might have been the worst episode of Home Free. So I, you know, I am gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not disagree with the content, but I'm gonna let me let me do mine. Go right ahead, right. go ahead. And then you can do yours. Yep. Uh, I'm going to do Dinosaurs at Four, uh, Cooper Episode Two, wow. our second episode three, uh, the the second part of the Warriors at number two. I'm gonna put Home Free at number one, only wow. for one reason. Nothing to do at all with the storyline, the content, anything. I think they did, just did such an amazing job yeah, with this yeah. outdoor set and shooting outdoors and the lighting. And the, I think the production of this episode was incredible. It's that one episode like of every TGIF shows where they try to win a lighting Emmy. And honestly, I think that like this is really done well. Like the nighttime scenes are lit well. They did a great yeah. job with the natural lighting from the daytime scenes. Like. It's just a very well-produced episode. Regard the, the story is whatever. I don't get you know the show's not the best show, but production-wise, like that's this enough episode for you to is, put it up there. 
Amazing. Okay. Yeah, so I'm putting it at number one purely for production value. So I'm sticking with mine and putting Home Free at four. I hated okay. it. Okay. Um, Fair. Dinosaurs Fair. at three, the second Coop episode we watched at two, and then the second half of the Warriors at number one. So we're the same except for Home Free. Home Free from four to one. <laughs> Which, no, but but totally for different reasons, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, I sure. Totally, I totally, uh, I totally get What it. do we have coming so up next week? So next week, week yeah, so next week, it's going to be another full week. Uh, it's our last full week for a while, though, so that, that's a good thing for us because we need a little bit of a break. Uh, so we're going to be doing Hanging with Mr. Cooper. What is it? Episode 9. Season 1, Episode 9. Season 1, Episode 10, Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Uh, the Last Dinosaurs of Season 3. So Dinosaur Season 3, Episode 22, Season Finale. That actually did air on TGIF. That's and I looked. It's another one of those recap episodes that we've yeah, seen I know, before. Yeah, I know. I know. And then the last and final episode of Home Free to air on TV. So season one, episode 11. And then after that, we've got the, so that that's next week. And then starting the week after that, we'll finish off season eight of Perfect Strangers. Uh, thanks again to Philippe once again for the theme song this week. Yeah, Philippe. Thanks. We appreciate it. Thanks everybody again that came out the awesome con. We had a great time and we love to see everybody. So yeah, thanks so much. Absolutely. If you want to send us anything, TGIFcast at gmail.com is our very accessible email address at TGIFcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you want to follow us and YouTube too. And uh, we'll be back next week with a full week of shows. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. It is Friday night and the mood is right while well, I have some fun show how it's done. TGIF. TBA Podcast.